Hello and welcome to Atlantic Conversations. I'm Fanula Sweeney. The Atlantic Fellowship Programme works with a diverse community of leaders around the world with a common commitment to fairer, healthier, more inclusive societies. Through its seven programmes focused on equity and healthcare, socio-economic equity and racial equity, the Atlantic Fellowships offer committed leaders from around the world an opportunity to gain new perspectives and new colleagues while strengthening their confidence in their work for change. In each podcast, I'll be speaking to an Atlantic Fellow about their work and ambitions for a more just world. For this series, I travel to Bangkok to meet up with some of the first Atlantic Fellows from the Equity in Brain Health and Health Equity Southeast Asia programmes. Today, I'm joined by Adam Wasco, an Atlantic Fellow for Equity in Brain Health at the Global Brain Health Institute, University of California, San Francisco. Adam now trains dogs to work with the cognitively impaired, which all began with his interest in guide dogs for the blind. I worked at Guide Dogs for the Blind in San Rafael, California for about 23 years. I started at the bottom working with the animals, learning how to become an instructor and to become a guide dog instructor. Back then, there was a three-year apprenticeship. And what attracted you to this? As a kid, I wanted to be a vet. I pursued that a little bit and realized that I liked animals more awake than asleep. (laughs) It was really attractive to me when I learned about the career because it's being an animal behaviorist, animal trainer, but also being a teacher of the blind. You have to master that as well as the animal side. And then you moved in after more than 20 years working with guide dogs for the blind into working with guide dogs for the cognitively impaired. What is it that dogs can do for people who are cognitively impaired? We don't call them guide dogs because they don't guide. We're still trying to figure out exactly what the dogs can do, combating loneliness, combating the psychological and behavioral problems of dementia. The anxiety of dementia is often as troublesome for some people as living with dementia itself. And this is where the dogs can come in in terms of providing comfort. When did you get that spark that it was time to transition into working with dogs for the cognitively impaired as opposed to the blind? I had left Guide Dogs for the Blind to pursue more my entrepreneurial side. Shortly after that, I was introduced to Dr. Miller at UCSF. Who's the co-director of Global Brain Health Institute. Correct. Yeah, that was before GBHI existed. And Dr. Miller was helping me. We'd meet every couple months and have lunch. I knew a lot about the visually impaired, but I didn't know anything about people with neurologic disease. Did either of you know exactly what dogs could possibly do for those? No. In fact, we're still all trying to figure that out. The science is really very good. So what do we know so far? In most of the studies, they found positive indications of the work that they've done, whether it be to combat loneliness. You see dogs out there now for people with PTSD, for social anxiety. We know through guide dogs that dogs are capable of doing great things in the working world, but the emotional world hasn't been explored as much. What is their capacity Well, the interesting thing about animals is that their capacity really seems to line up with the person they're working with. In the guide dog world, what we do is train a dog to a generic level, and then the real work begins when we match the person with the dog. The same thing applies here in that we would train a dog, let's say a therapy dog, and we would train them in basic manners and some behaviors. But really the magic happens when you put that dog with a person and you see what that person needs. Dogs are very empathic, and the behaviors that 
that we teach them or tools to make that relationship happen. Can you talk a little more about that spark that you hope happens between a dog and someone that the dog is going to work with? What is it that you're looking for in terms of a good match? It's not necessarily a one-on-one. A guide dog works for that one person and only that one person. That bond is very strong, very specific to those needs. Here, we're trying to train a dog that can work with a variety of people in a variety of conditions. So you're really going into a whole new innovative space. Absolutely. And that's the fun and exciting part. And that's also the reason why it's had a little bit of a hard time getting going. People want hard answers, and we have more work to do before we can provide those answers. The science looks very good, but most of these scientific studies are short-term with small cohorts. We haven't yet brought it to the masses. What kind of support has being an Atlantic Fellow for Brain Health Equity given you in terms of this work? It's really been vital. I didn't know anything about neurologic disease, and I certainly had no contact with the patients or the clients in my past career. So coming to GBHI gave me an education, first of all. I'm certainly no neuroscientist, but it gave me a overarching viewpoint of what the patients are going through, what the doctors are going through, what the diseases are, how they differ from each other, and therefore enlightening me and letting me figure out where are the spots that human-animal bond could potentially help. And this is happening in the United States, where, of course, put it in context for us, if you will, the numbers of people expected to develop dementia is on the rise. Yeah, dementia of all kinds. And certainly, as the population gets older, and as more of that population stays living, we have more and more problems. You know, now there's as many five-year-olds as there are 80-year-olds. So the work that you're doing is pioneering at the moment, but is a need that you see will be very mainstream in the coming decades. Yes. Anyone who looks at our industry and the demographics, they call it the silver tsunami. What did being an Atlantic Fellow for Equity and Brain Health at GBHI UCSF do for your endeavors in this innovative space? The first thing that was offered was an education and the ability to understand the population I was working with, as well as a stipend during my fellowship to pursue my pilot program. We trained a dog to work with people in a locked memory care unit, focusing on loneliness and the transition from their homes into this unit. They all had Alzheimer's or some sort of dementia, and the pilot went really well. Is it possible, do you think, for someone living with dementia to have a dog at home and live independently at home, or is it the thinking that a dog would be of more benefit to someone with dementia in a lived-in facility where there is assistance or both? I think we need to do it all. I was looking specifically at bringing a trained dog into an environment where we would have more people because I felt like I could affect more people that way. But certainly the idea of a service dog for a particular person is absolutely valid. We need to look at it all and treat people where they are at the moment. And where can people find you? They can find me on the web at memorydog.org. They can email me directly at adam.wasco at gbhi.org. Adam Wasco, thank you very much. Thank you. And that was Adam Wasco, Atlantic Fellow for Equity and Brain Health at the Global Brain Health Institute, University of California, San Francisco. For more information, you can visit www.atlanticfellows.org. I'm Fanula Sweeney, and you've been listening to the Atlantic Conversations podcast.